This message was brought to you by Christian Service. to throw that in there. Uh, my name is Greg Descott. I am your host of this incredible, amazing, over-the-top, fantastical podcast where you are going to hear biblical truth, hopefully not for the first time uh, and hopefully not for the last time either. But if it is your first time hearing biblical truth, well, we welcome you and we believe that uh, as you listen to this, you will not be unaffected by it. Uh, we will say things that will either make you glad, sad, or mad. But either way, you will be unaffected. If you are unaffected, you can write to us and be like, yeah, you did nothing for me. I'll be like, okay, that's fair. Someone is being honest or potentially lying. So uh, today I have with me a wonderful panelists of co-hosts. I like saying the word panelists. I don't know why, I just do. Uh, bro, what? Uh, nope. Okay, so first with me, I have my man, the mix star, Mickey. Howdy. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me again. You're welcome. Are you enjoying yourself today? I'm enjoying myself. Just today or every day? Every day. Good. Every day is a new day. Every day is an enjoyable day? Every day is an enjoyable day if I choose it to be. Fair enough. Excellent. And that is the mix star. And we also have with us Rexy. How are you, Rexy? You are the one half of the Robillard tag team. Uh, you are missing the other tag team champion with you, but you are the undisputed uh, Christian Service Fancy File tag team champions. We don't know how long that will last for. Could be a long time, could be forever. But for now, here it is. How are you, Rexy? I'm all right. Yourself? Uh, did I not say that I was good? It, I, you know what? No one ever asks me. Thank you. You're very I'm welcome. I'm great. I'm Greg Scott. Great. Yeah. I, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, and we also have uh, for the third time. I got to make sure I count that. Uh, one of our longtime fancy fileites. Is it fileites? Mm-hmm. Um, list longtime listeners. Big fan. Uh, and she decided that she wanted to join on in. So we got the Melzers. Melanie, how are you? I'm great. Only great? I can't think of a, another word to say. Okay. Well, a greater word than great? If you can come up with one, you just interrupt us. You stop the presses and you're like, I found it. And we'll be like, what did you find? Super. Yeah, she'll be like, I found the word that's greater than great. Hmm. And then she'll like... You can sing it too. It's right? pretty okay. great. It's pretty amazing, or whatever okay. it'll be. You just, I'll, think, you just I'll try to it. think of something. Yeah, that's okay. Excellent. All right. So, um, is everyone excited to listen to this today? Because I mean, we're pretty excited to record it. The day that you're listening to it, because I got to look. What do you mean, listen to it today? Are we posting it today? No, we're recording today, and then you will listen to it. Hopefully all the faithful listeners that we have. 
And we need to be careful because if we keep bringing in all the faithful listeners, <laughs> we're going to just have one big panelists. <laughs> one big panel. no, I'm just messing around. Yeah, one big it's like, what? If I keep gaining weight, we'll have one big panel. <laughs> wow. That wasn't only directed at himself, though. That's fair. Some people here, me, could tend to lose a little weight. That's hey, okay, man, though. It's quarantine weight. It's quarantine weight. Yo, I've been back at work for two years. To be now. fair, though, I've <laughs> been using the quarantine weight excuse like since I was 26. That's true. So maybe like I knew it was coming and I started to prepare myself for it. I better go get those Subway cookies. Hey, man, oh, the Bears man. do it. Who did it? The Bears. They, The Bears are eating the Subway cookies? The whole yeah. team. Oh, the uh, Chicago Bears. The no, Chicago no, the Bears. animal. They put on the weight for winter, and then they don't eat all winter because they're sleeping. Well, the problem for me is winter lasted about 11 years. Uh, so I need to come out of that winter. Maybe I figured we'd have a nuclear winter. And I was like, quick, get the cookies. And then I never stopped. Get, get to the chopper. No, get to the cookies. Unless there's cookies on the chopper, then get to the chopper. Okay. I just uh, realized that People don't know Rexy's real name. Uh, yes, they do. It's Ezra. Oh. It's also in the description. That's <laughs> true. I always forget that. Yeah, I always, yeah. My bad. I, I'm new to this. Oh, that's okay. We, we, we forgive you. Um, <laughs> Rexy, tell us, where, where did that nickname come from? Uh, it just came out randomly during one of your uh, podcast intro ramblings, and uh, it just stuck, I guess. No yeah. one actually calls me that, though. <laughs> For now. That's, That's about, about to change, change though, <laughs> Rexy. Um, I like that. Ramblings. I should start my own like spinoff podcast. It's called The Ramblings of Greg. Greg's Ramblings. And then in the end, somehow everyone will end up on it. And I'll be like, okay, well, that defeated the purpose. And then I'll have to do another podcast. It's like a rebel podcast. And then that like became too, like, I don't know, like mainstream. And then I had to like rebel Just jump from into, the, uh, the pirate rebellion. radio. Just uh, take over a radio signal, and there you go. I check a radio signal. <laughs> People are listening to like CJD, and it's like, Psh, you have reached the Greg Miles Pirate Radio Line thing. <laughs> Rambles. People are like, who is this man? All right. So before we end up, before I end up taking off on a rambling chip, uh, what are we doing today? Well, we just actually went through uh, a series on salvation and we're going to be starting actually a new series today. Uh, So for those of you who are kind of like jumping on board just now, well, number one, welcome. Number two, I want to make it very clear because people are like, well, what are you? Um, Okay. First of all, podcast. So it's a podcast. Uh, And Second, we are a ministry called Christian Service. It's in the name. We're Christians that like to have service. <laughs> I mean, if you can't figure, if you don't know what that is, write to us and, you know, we'll invite you to come to one and then you'll see what we do. Uh, so it makes, and they'll be like, oh, oh, I get it. If I don't get good service, I send it back. Sure. <laughs> you can send it back all you want. You get what you get. <laughs> You get what you paid for. You only get Christian. Yeah. Um, So we believe that the Bible is the word of God. Point final. That means that we are going to take our doctrine and what we believe from the scriptures, from the Holy Bible. 
So we're not trying to come to you today with just our own opinions. We're not going to try to come to you today uh, just with like, you know, what we think or this, that and the other. We want to share with you what the Bible says uh, and and therefore so you will know where we're coming from. Um, you know, for the longest time within Christian churches, um, we Christianity always believed that the Bible was the authority and I think in some circles we've gotten away from that. It's become more uh, popular opinions. It's become more what the popular preacher says. It's become, uh, you know, some someone writes a book or you know what the and unfortunately what the culture says. Now again, we're not broad brushing everyone. We're not going to start naming people and saying this is who's doing it and this who isn't doing it. Not yet. You, <laughs> you know, you know who you are. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we believe the Bible is the word of God. We get our authority from the scriptures and we want to be as reliable to scripture. We are going to re- read it and then we're going to talk about it. So, and that's the thing. God is the one that wrote it. Holy Spirit inspired these words. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as Christians, we need to obey it. We need to see what it says uh, and we need to follow it and allow the spirit of God to speak to us. Okay, and show us where to go. Now, if we are, if you're not doing that, you set yourself up for all sorts of trouble. If you're not doing that, you open the door for deception. There is a spiritual world out there, uh, and Satan is going to. And yes, we believe there is a literal Satan, uh, a literal devil. Uh, it's not just something that rock bands sing about. It's actually uh, a person, and it's also not something that Christians just blame all their problems on, even though quite a few do. But now there's obviously justification for that. But Satan is real. His biggest tactic he uses to come at us is is deception. And unfortunately today, you do have fairly many Christians who do not read their Bibles. Even those who are serious don't read their Bibles. And so therefore, it's easy to get lost in what the culture says, what cultural Christianity says, what your favorite pastor says, what your favorite teacher says, uh, or what your favorite book says. So we want to go through the scriptures and and. Look at what it says and, and help you to rediscover that wonderful truth that the Bible is sufficient. It tells us how to live. It's God speaking to us. It's his inerrant word. He hasn't changed it. And we need to read it and find out what it says. And so today what we're going to be doing, we're going to be going through a new series. Uh, I don't know how long this podcast series will last, but we're going to be going through Colossians 3 uh, verses 1 to 6. And I'm actually going to ask Mick uh, to read that, please. And uh, he's our official fancy file Bible reader. Yes. Take him away. So I'll be reading from the ESV. Not the King James? Not the King James. Mm, That's confusing. I like to be as close to the scriptures as possible. As close to the King James as possible. Sure. (laughs) All right. I'm joking, by the way. So, one to six. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming thank you mick how did you feel reading that i felt pretty good good this is a good passage and 
Um, I'm happy we're jumping into it. It'll give me more material to use when I preach the next time. Amen. One of these days, I'm going to find uh, a royalty-free uh, monk choir singing, and I'm just going to make sure that's playing in the future podcasts as you're reading. It's going to be lovely. <laughs> or we won't do that. <laughs> but we might. He's going to sneak it in. I'm going to be like, mm, wrong. Get this out of here. It's like, I don't remember chanting like that. <laughs> okay. Now, actually, so shout out here. Uh, there's a preacher in the U.S. in North Carolina, I believe, in Charlotte. And his name is Lauren Livingston. And uh, I think a lot of us around this uh, table uh, very much appreciate his ministry. We love he you, Lauren. We love you. If you're listening, we please do. call me. <laughs> uh, no, so we can talk about theology. I'm speechless. And stuff. Okay. Um, so he quoted this verse. I can't remember in what sermon that he did. And it actually really jumped out at me because at the time I heard the message, we were actually going through the anxiety series. And... The whole reason like we wanted to go through that is, yes, we know a lot of people struggle with anxiety, a lot of Christians do, uh, but also the Bible is giving us tools on how to live. The Bible does that. It's not just a good book about like, oh, look, Jesus went and did this. How cool that is. Look what the apostles did. Look at Moses. And then like, you know, Sunday school material and, and you know, like, you know how it is. And no, like. God is telling us, and I mean, obviously, yes, those there are good stories in there, but they're not just like, it's just stories to entertain us. That's what I'm trying to say. God is giving us instruction on how to live for him. And he, here, and why it jumped out at me is I do think that within our culture, a lot of Christians struggle with, with quite a bit of stuff, obviously. Uh, but one, Christians struggle with their identity. They don't know what the Bible says about who they are. And I think that in some ways can contribute to not in every case, but why some may deal with anxiety because they don't know who they are and they don't understand their position in Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying that anyone around this table is struggling with that or that anyone that is listening to this, because right now the podcast goes out to people that we know personally for the most part. So this is not because I thought one of y'all, all 17 of you. Uh, thank you for the 17. Uh, you know, this is something that you're struggling with, but this is something that Christians do battle with, identity. Uh, and also, it does also tell us how to, th how to think, where we should direct our attention. Here's the thing, and you guys can jump in at any time, by the way. Sometimes we don't like being told how we should live, how we should think. We don't like that. Uh, and that's, here's the thing. If you are a born again Christian, you have a savior, you have a Lord, his, his, it's Jesus, okay? God bought you. If you're a born again Christian, God bought you with the precious blood of his son. God owns you, okay? The Bible uses a lot of terms like we're in his family, also uses like we're in his body. 
And we're, in a sense, it talks about how almost like we're in the military. Now, for some people, it's like, what? What do you mean military? Well, in how we live for God and our dealings with the world and how we conduct ourselves, we are under authority. And because of that, if you're under authority, you need to listen to what your commanding officer has to say. Well, I think um, in our Ephesians study, what we kind of repeated a few times was that we are saved from God, saved by God, and saved for God. And I think this, uh, what we'll be studying in the next few podcasts is that specifically, what are we saved for? There is a reason, a biblical reason why we are being saved. It is not simply for the sake of saving us. There is, uh, well, we're saved unto Christ himself. And so that is um, just the very focus of these passages. Yeah, exactly. And to build off what you were saying earlier, Greg, I think one of my favorite uh, theology books that uh, I've read in the last five or ten years uh, was actually the book Slave by John MacArthur. Um, And the thing that all Christians forget, like regularly, is that, as you mentioned, we are bought by Christ. And what does that imply? It implies slavery. It doesn't imply it doesn't imply friendship necessarily. It doesn't imply uh it doesn't imply necessarily adoption. What it implies is no, no, no. I bought you. First you were slaves to sin. I bought you. Now you're mine. Uh and the other thing especially in Roman culture at the time, again, going off what you were saying is, as a slave, when you went out into the market, you weren't carrying just your own reputation. You were carrying the reputation of whoever it was who owned you. So if you were Caesar's slave, people would respect you as they do Caesar. Not because you're Caesar, but because you are owned by Caesar. And if they mistreat you, they were calling on them the wrath of Caesar. And in the same way, if the slave is misbehaving and being an awful, terrible person, that reflects onto Caesar, not just the slave. So as, as slaves of Christ, we are carrying the reputation and the, the person of Christ. Uh, so if we're off in the world behaving worse than they do, mm. that doesn't reflect on just us, that reflects on God. There are so many people who refuse to come to Christ because they look at the church and say, what a bunch of hypocrites. Mm -hmm. These people who claim that the Bible is their foundation, that God is their sovereign, and they don't live any differently than I do. And in fact, some of them live worse than I do. And that, that reflects badly on God. People refuse to be saved because of the way the church is misbehaving. We are slaves of Christ. We carry his reputation with us. Right. Yeah. Very good point. Very good point. All right. So, and you brought up slavery. And I think I think one day we're going to have to do a podcast on what, what that means in the life of a Christian. Because I know some people will, will hear that. And they're going to be like, uh, what do you mean by slavery? And so, what? yeah. if <laughs> What? What do you mean slaves? Uh, yeah, we're, we'll have to address that because it's not what you would think or it doesn't mean like uh, yeah. how slavery is what it was 
yeah, no, in this, the 1800s. Yeah, this is referring to Roman culture slavery, not uh, 18th century black North American slavery. Right. Different subject, but yes. a subject for another time. Absolutely. Okay, our identity. Uh, it is absolutely important that we understand who we are in Christ. And the when you go through the New Testament, time and time again, it is brought up who we are. And how, how we view ourselves and properly understanding our identity in Jesus Christ will translate in how we live. So if we understand who we are in Jesus Christ, okay, biblically, not something that we make up. Oh, yeah, I feel, I feel all warm inside. No, no, no. Like we understand from scripture what God says about us that it will in our hearts and our lives, it's going to show. It's going to show properly. It's going to help us to walk in victory. It's going to help renew our minds. It's going to help us to overcome all sorts of struggles and battles because if you know who you are, if you know the authority you have, if you know the victory that has been won for you, not that you in yourself did something incredible, but you have a mighty savior that did and that everything he bought and paid for is now not only is it a part of us, but we are in him you are going to see a radical difference. And so many Christians have a neg- unfortunately have a negative view of themselves. They're walking around defeated all the time. They they think oh, I'm just this and that and God doesn't care about me I and I am a worm. Yeah. Well, and and if anybody tries to come out and change that or challenge that, it's almost like in a way for some people there's power in that. Like whoever can be the most miserable looks the holiest. Okay. That is something that's a little weird because where in the new Testament is Jesus going to his children and saying, you are now in me. You're worthless. He's not, he's not talking about our sinful state before we became a Christian. We went through that in one of our uh, podcasts. And if you haven't, Listen to it. I would suggest that you would go back and, and listen to the first of the salvation series. So it's one thing to address what our sinful state was like. But now, if you are born again and who you are in Jesus Christ, you know that when when you get saved, and it says it here, it says, if then, in verse 1, in chapter 3, it says, if then, if ye then be risen with Christ, if you are risen in, with Christ. So right away in verse 3, he's jumping in in who we are. And our connection and, and our identification and our identity with Jesus Christ. When you get saved, when you become a born-again Christian, you are actually placed in Christ. And you'll see that all through the New Testament. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. So if you're in Christ, what he is, or who he is, so to speak, and we're not talking about his deity or that, but what he purchased, what he paid for, that now applies to you. When God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees you in Christ. Paul says, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So if Jesus Christ is living in you and you are planted in him, you are connected to him. Positionally, you are in Jesus. Stop 
walking around and saying, I am worthless. I am, I am horrible. I am whatever negativity you can come up with because that's not who Jesus is. Well, I think that's one thing that this verse, these verses shoots down, right? It's the whole idea of this, who can be the more like the most like Job that we currently have in our culture. Like we've gone to like all these like worship nights where month after month, people would just always talk about how things are horrible always. And there would never be a resolution. There would never be anything like that. It was never, but God is good and holding me through. It was always just things are bad and things might change or they won't, you know, like the Bible's not calling us to, to this Job beauty pageant. It's calling us to holy living and to, to seek out the joy of the Lord in salvation. And, and here's the thing that I find interesting about that with Job is Job was actually going through a storm. Yeah. Okay. He lost everything. Not his wife. And I'm pretty sure maybe in some cases he wish he might have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Person and just die. Okay. But he lost all his riches. No. His kids. His kids and his health. And his reputation, because his friends came along. Oh, you got to love these types of friends. That sit, you know, they come in all holy. Don't worry, we'll lift you up. It was all you. You did it. What did you do? What did you do? Seriously. What sin did you commit? I didn't commit any sin. Liar. Come on. You lost everything. What did you do? And then they just started like, I don't know. It was like old Bible rapping or whatever they were doing. Because just the way they were talking to each other. Very interesting. Very poetic. Um, So I can understand Job going through something like that and how awful that is and wondering what did I do but for the most part and I'm not saying in every case Christians who are struggling with negativity that you know they're not actually going through something but you are going to have cases where I think because of the culture also because of a lot of the music that exists like there's an entire culture that just glorifies negativity uh, that there's absolutely no reason for them to be thinking this way. They're not going through a Job session. They're just going through some session. Just that's it. I'm, that's it. There's power in this. Look at it on the you know social media. Look look at all the likes they get. I want that. So you know I actually have a question for you, my co-host today. And we kind of started to, to address it. But why do you guys think Christians do struggle with their identity? Well, I think the biggest reason is that most North American Christians aren't in their Bible and they're not praying. If you look at any Christian that's sitting there and, oh, I'm such a worm. I'm struggling in everything. I don't know who I am. Well, are you reading your Bible? No. I'm not getting victory in sin. Are you praying against it? Are you praying for the strength of God? Are you praying for the Holy Spirit to work in your heart, to bring you uh, rejuvenation or sanctification? Are, are you in prayer at all? Well, I pray before I eat. I pray in church. Okay, well, that's not enough. That's like saying, I feel so weak and faint. When was the last time you ate? 
Well, I ate breakfast on Sunday morning. Dude, it's Wednesday. You didn't eat since breakfast on Wednesday? Of course you feel like garbage. Did Have you actually met someone that's done that? Only when I'm fasting, or if they're fasting. But nobody that didn't understand that not eating made them weak. But that's exactly what, like, not praying and reading your Bible is. You're starving your spirit, man. And so you feel weak spiritually because you are not feeding your spirit, man. You're not working out your salvation. I agree, but... I read my Bible and I pray and I still struggle with identity because I think of my, because of my old sin patterns, they come back and I misplace my identity. And um, I mean, I don't want to pretend like I'm a glow in the dark Christian, which is someone who's perfect and who glows in the dark. <laughs> I'm not one of those. Um, I've never heard of that. That's interesting. It's a really good analogy. And um, I think... The enemy comes at us even when we're reading our Bibles and even when we're praying and we just tend to forget all these things and we really, like you said, like we really have to intercede. We have to, I honestly, like this is one of my struggles. So I can see why it's happening to people um, because we have so many lies coming to us from every side. We, I don't know, maybe it's because we, uh, we allow sin to come into our lives. Um, but when I really do seek the Lord on this, I do find victory. And I, I'm i like, God, can you like, because I do pray, but sometimes I forget to pray about that. Mm -hmm. And so when I do seek the Lord on these things, I do see victory. Um, but I think especially as Christian women, we tend to to misplace our identity. Like, and... Instead of putting it in Christ, we put it in our job, um, in our status, yeah, amen. Um, in the attention we get from people. Um, like we can misplace it because we're still in the world, so we get influenced by things of the world. Um, and it's really hard to separate our our flesh, and to separate um, to separate ourselves from the from the world. So I. I can see why it happens, but I think we have to pray even more fervently and intercede even more, and we have to pray for each other because I think I'm not the only person going through this. I really think other people struggle with this too, and I want to be a help for my friends and for my brothers and sisters in Christ. So it doesn't really answer your question. I'm just being vulnerable, so I hope you appreciated that. I actually do think that does answer the question. Cool. Um, and I was actually thinking of this uh, when, because I asked why do Christians struggle? And, and I do agree with you, Ezra. Because, well, first of all, I want to say this. One, there isn't a one answer for the, for the problem. So it's not going to be, oh, Christians are struggling with identities because all Christians are not reading their Bible and all Christians are not praying. I do think some Christians, this is, and I don't know who they are. So if you're listening to this, I'm not, we're not saying this is you. Only the Holy Spirit can point this out to you. But yes, there are Christians who do not know their identity because they don't read the Bible. They might do kind of a devotional thing and maybe they're reading 
certain verses. They're not reading all verses. They're not reading everything in context. This is actually why it is important that if you do go to read your Bible, I, when you read your Bible, that you're reading through entire chapters. Amen. Context is for kings. Mm. Get in it. Don't just jump all over the place. Read it. Okay. But, and then this thought came to my mind, and I'm going to get to Mickey in a second on this. Um, what about those Christians who are reading their Bibles and are praying? Because you're, if you're hearing this and you know, you're like, well, wait a second, I do read my Bible. So what, I'm not reading it properly? No. And you know, you, you're bringing up, Melanie, you know, all these like, well, I am reading my Bible, but I still struggle with this. And, and all these were in the world. We actually do battle with what people tell us. We care about what people think. You get into social media and I think social media is actually a problem because you mm. seem to care more about what people think of you Amen. than what God thinks of you, mm -hmm. which is a huge, huge issue. Uh, and then, the, you know, sometimes we get our eyes misplaced. Mm. We want something. Mm. Oh, I will only find my identity if I have so many friends. Amen. Or I will only find my identity. This is a big one. If I'm in a relationship. Oh, he went there. If I'm in a relationship. And if I'm not in a relationship, I have no worth. That's good. Uh, no, that is wrong. That is mm. not how that works. Amen. I think personality comes into play when it comes to how we feel. Which is why, I mean, further into the passage, it talks about putting on the new self. Actually, having put the new self. So having been born again. And that's where we need to be intentional about what we, how we think, what we're thinking about, how we speak, um, how we share with others. It's, that's what's really important. So you can, like, before being saved, you being kind of negative often or being, having depressive patterns, essentially, doesn't automatically change once you get saved still there and that it might be your struggle for your entire life and that's okay because you're going to grow and you're going to god's going to use that and you're going to be able to share with people who've got who are going through that in a like fresher sense like they're brand new to it and they're like man i'm still struggling with depression i'm still struggling with identity and it's like well actually god's there with you and he doesn't stop being there with you and he continues to be there with you. So I think ultimately we can't forget that we're a work in progress and we can't beat ourselves down. If God's convicting you of something, uh, go ahead and try to get that fixed. But um, apart from that, just remain faithful. Stay rooted in uh, what God has called you to do. And that is to be, uh, to abide in him and to remain in the good works he's prepared before you, you know, to walk in his ways. And I think when you're doing that, things just kind of fall into place. Ultimately, they just do. I agree. And um, what I wanted to say is I like the point you brought up about social media because... You're welcome. <laughs> it kind of like forces us to compare ourselves to each other. And also, when you post something, you want to have people's approval about things. And then you become a people pleaser. 
and I have been a people pleaser my whole life and I think um, God is working in me obviously I see victory but social media really really doesn't help and I'm not I'm not trying to make excuses but boy is it even harder now maybe than it was in the past because we have social media and it they, there can be good things about it but there's a lot of bad yeah and i think even on top of that not only do, is it a problem because we're seeking the approval of others often with uh, social media addiction but on top of that we get a false idea of reality mm-hmm. and good point and like it's wrong true. expectations about life like there are so many people i know that are like oh man i can't wait for this to happen to me and i can't wait for these points in my life and then they get there and they're like this isn't what i was expecting mm-hmm. and it's like well where did you get your expectation from you've never been here before and the answer is usually well all my friends on facebook or all my friends on instagram or tumblr and it's like okay but you gotta understand these people online are not posting about, oh, I was so miserable today because blank. Or, you know, I was so angry and, oh man, I really tore into my coworkers today. I was a terrible, miserable wretch today. Like, they don't, they don't share the negatives. They share, they share the best possible light of themselves. I would like to challenge everybody who's listening to this. If you have a miserable day... And you tore into your coworkers, post about it. Be like, today I tore him a new one, and see what they say. See what people, how, how many likes you get off of that one. Um, I wanted to say something. I hope I didn't forget. Oh yeah, there's one thing I find in the Christian community about people who post about God and stuff. Um, there can be, I guess. For example, I post about God a lot and I post <laughs> and I post about my convictions and I follow people on social media, influencers that do the same thing. And I think we can put people like that on a pedestal and we can think that those people are glow in the dark Christians and that they're really amazing and they have no sin in their life. But it's just a facade. It's really, truly not the reality um there is definitely sin in their life like no one's perfect we're working um god is working in us and he's changing us but i want people to know that it's not because we're making a podcast that we're doing all these things in ministry it's not because we do evangelism that that we're better than everyone else we're all who we are because Christ saved us and because of our identity in Christ. And that's why when we have our identity in Christ, we don't have to compare ourselves to each other. We must compare ourselves to Christ because he's the ultimate example. Amen. So if there's someone we should compare ourselves to, it's him. And if we do that, we're going to realize that we all suck because we, we are not um, like we're not as amazing as he is and that's the way it should be and that's why he's working on us so i think yeah we have to not put people on pedestals the only person we can put on a pedestal is jesus and we have to pray for our sanctification yes and he's working on us amen 
You know, something you'll notice, uh, and this happens in, in some of the church world. So, you know, we were talking about people who are addicted to, um, like, people's responses to them. So you have, like, approval addiction, uh, which is a very real thing. I mean, you if you're posting a lot of stuff on social media and, like, no one is responding, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a little bummed out because you want to have interaction. But if you get a lot of people who are responding... You like you said, you can start to put your worth in that. Like, mm. this is what people think of me. This is how people respond to me. But you'll notice that there's something else. Okay, it's not just because you can have like influencers who will post and they'll post a lot of good stuff, right? But are people responding to them because of what they're saying or because of how beautiful they look? This is a big issue, I think, Ooh. in the church world. Because a lot of people's identity is wrapped up in beauty. And I'm going to tell you something about beauty. Beauty is fleeting. Okay? It's fleeting. You are going to be this attractive young person and then you're going to get get older and then, you know, not as attractive as you used to be. And you see this in a lot, unfortunately, in, in a lot of marriages that end, is somebody was really only interested in looks and then bolted as that changed. Now, this is not a uh, Gregory uh, venting or rambling on, on relationships. What I'm saying is that we put our focus in looks. Our identity is wrapped up in that. You even see it in a lot of churches. In a lot of the mega churches, wow. they're not going to put some bald 35-year-old up there to lead worship. And that person may be anointed by God, may be filled with the Spirit. No, you're going to put some young, hot-looking, 20-something-year-old guy or girl that's going to basically sell records and bring the people in. It doesn't matter what their doctrine is. It doesn't matter if they're saved or not. All that matters is that they look good. So a lot of Christians are now looking and thinking that their identity is wrapped up in how they look. Okay. Unfortunately, we don't like you will have some individuals who are blessed with a bit better looks than other individuals. I mean, how do you think I got my position as a worship leader for a time? (laughs) I actually think it's because two reasons. The glasses and the stash. I didn't have any of those when I started. But they saw it in you, though. Oh, yeah. They knew they were coming out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you railroad my train of thought. Oh, no, here it is. Okay. Christians are looking on the outside, but God looks on the inside. Mm. God sees the heart. I honestly believe you get a man or a woman, in my case, a woman, filled with the Holy Spirit, like really filled with the Holy Spirit. That is more appealing than just some, you know, just attractive face to go up there that doesn't really care, showing themselves. Mm. Okay? So, what are we placing our value in? What are we looking to? What is our standard for for truth? What is our standard for our identity? It has to be rooted in Mm. what God says and not in what men say. So I think we're going to end it there for this podcast. There's much more to say. We're going to get into that in the second one. Uh, I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And if you've been struggling with your identity and maybe we've, you know, we've said some things that 
hit the nail on the head for you. And we all understand that. We we all, at times, we're going to battle. Every single one of us around this table, in some way, shape, or form, will have dealt with identity issues, and it's all different. But we know God is able to change that. He wants to renew our minds. He wants us to have a biblical view of who we are. So I am your host, Greg Scott, for the Fancy File Podcast. I had today with me Mr. Mick. Thanks for having me. Ezria. Always a pleasure. That's a new one. And Melanie. Bye. God bless and take care.